is David Martinez. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I know I'm listening to the David Bowers Awards. And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. I certainly am, and I'm certainly happy to be here. Thank you so much, John Bon Jovial, the legendary one, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you for joining us for what I think promises to be an exceptionally fun show today. We have all the normal amount of music, plus we have another of our recurring Rockstar 101s, and we're going to be getting to all of that. But first, we've got something of a little treat, especially if you're a Beach Boys fan, because uh, this group kind of channeled the Beach Boys for a tune called 442. You might remember them. They were with us last year in September. Midnight Sky is the name of the group, and here they are. Get out of the way of my 442. Best drive that you've ever seen. A 500 horsepower time machine. 
Tim Ty, Midnight Sky, and 442, and Ode to the Beach Boys. And I'll tell you what, I think they did a, a pretty decent salute to the Beach Boys and the California sound of the 60s. What say you, John Bon Jovi? Oh, yeah, I was kind of digging on that. And, of course, what came to mind was, uh, you know, hey, little Cobra, don't you know we're going to shut them down? Excellent. Exactly. But, yeah, I love it. That was pretty cool. A nice retro tune to start the day off today. I think they did a great job on that. They're a good group to begin with. And, you know, Every now and then you get somebody say, well, no, that's a ripoff of the Beach Boys. I don't think so. Call me whatever. But I think it's a tribute to the Beach Boys and the sound that they made, which is, you know, it's now a classic sound of the 60s. You can't talk about 60s music without talking about the Beach Boys and the surf sound. And uh, I think they did a pretty darn good job. And judging from the reaction, now I posted this online earlier this week, and judging from the reaction I'm getting, the listeners feel that way too, because we're getting really good positive vibes for 442 by Midnight Sky. And uh, be interested in what you listeners think about it. Drop us a line, David, at thedavidbowers.com, and tell us what you thought about 442 by Midnight Sky. John Bon Jovial, what do you think about anything? Uh, Well, to quote the great Curly Howard from the Three Stooges, I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. (laughs) Uh, But we digress, sir. Yes, we do. And we've got much more music, which we should be getting to because we have an old friend of ours back for another go-round. This time, Kim Cameron is joining us for Rockstar 101. We're going to talk about a subject very important to emerging and growing artists, and that subject is sync placement. And Kim has done very well doing this for herself. She's going to share some of her secrets with us in just a few minutes, right after we listen to My Shadow. Here's Kim Cameron.
And here she is now to talk with us, Kim Cameron. Come on in and say hello. How are you guys doing? Just wonderful and so glad you were able to be here with us today. So much we want to talk to you about. Tell us about this tune we just heard, Meet Me at Midnight, because I understand that is doing quite well for you. Well, it's doing quite well. We um, hit uh, iTunes number one on the electronic chart for seven days in a row. We stayed up there for almost two weeks. Uh, and then we hit the UK um, chart. I think we got in the top five on the dance uh, chart. And then we were on Amazon, number one Amazon, for quite a while, I would say a good two weeks. And then today we just got news that we hit number five on Billboard's electronic, um, uh, electronic dance chart. Fantastic. That is awesome. You are really good. And it's a great tune to begin with, so I'm not surprised between the tune itself and you and what you've done with it, but it is just so wonderful to hear this happening for you. Uh, really, congratulations from all of us here at the David Bowers Awards. John Bon Jovial, I know you echo the sentiments. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, Kim, i, I got to tell you, lady, I'm really impressed. I'm not a big fan of 70s dance-type music, but... This had me tapping my toe, and I really, really liked it. It it really brought back, you know, some memories for me anyway when I was, uh, you know, a young young lad in my twenties. And uh, so I, I love the production values behind it. I love the retro feel to it. Uh, it's really nice. Uh, job well done. I think the real question is, what were you doing at midnight in your 20s? <laughs> well, just being a family show, I can't really say, but I'll put it to you this way. It would have received at the very least an R rating. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say that I was a fan of the uh, dance disco era. As a matter of fact, that was my beginning in Southern California I uh, went out and got to meet Claude Hall of Billboard magazine. I got the promo shots on top of the tall buildings looking over the San Gabriel Valley and the L.A. Metro and working in a club in Pasadena for several years. So I was a big fan of that, and I would have loved to have had your music there to play at the time. But we digress. One of the reasons, aside from the fact aside from the fact that we love you and we love to have you on the show, we have something else special to talk about that you are doing very well uh, very well with, and that's something called sync licensing, which is kind of an alien concept to a lot of up and coming new musicians some uh, you know some uh, breaking musicians that haven't gotten into the business that much. Tell us first off, what is sync licensing? Well, it, when you have a song that is uh, licensed for film or TV or for um, advertising, could be for a video game, people will refer to that as sync licensing. So uh, the ultimate, well, for, for many of us out there who are songwriters, the ultimate goal is to really get as much of the sync licensing as you can because that becomes real, you know, real bread in your pocket. And so it's going to be much different than, you know, selling downloads or getting, you know, um, half quarter pennies on the penny on your streams mm -hmm. and things like that. So sure. it's, um, it, it's really and, – and some, especially on the ad side, um, are 
quite significant buyouts. Uh, meaning licensing um, effort. Now, there are all sorts of deals. Every deal is different. Um, some agencies or some films look for kind of exclusive scoring. So they'll hire a film scorer to say, okay, I want you to just write for my film. And they may or may not give them permission to release that uh, separately. They may just want it for their film. Others will go and uh, look at songs that are out there and say, oh, yeah, I want to get, I want to use this bit of that song or that bit of that song or that bit of that song. They'll license those bits of those songs for different scenes uh, of mm-hmm. movies or, or TV shows. And, and, again, all of them, all of the deals are, are structured and they're, and, and they're all unique. There aren't, I wouldn't say there's any cookie-cutter standard because every show – Every film has its own budget. You know, it's, there, there is no one film budget that exists. There's no one um, TV commercial that pays that much. And then when you get into the various countries, then you have uh, other complications involved, too. I mean, Europe, um, it, they, they are very concerned about paying for the artist's work. And there's lots of laws in place you have to pay. If you go into a retail store, you have to uh, you have to reimburse. You have to basically license that music that you're hearing over at maybe a, a, a Walmart or um, or a Nike store over in in England. But here, that's not necessarily true. The U.S. is very much um, not on the side of the artist. Most of the music you hear in retail outlets. Uh, is never paid to the artist. Wow. Just because the U.S. has not, this is one of my bones to pick, is, and one of the things that several bills have been introduced and I've been working, you know, in the Grammy organization and the advocacy group to to change um, the laws because we just don't pay artists for the majority of the music that if you walk into hair cuttery or if you walk into 7-Eleven or you're getting your gas or your uh, in Dunkin' Donuts and here Dunkin' Donut Radio, none of those people on those shows get paid. And I'm mm. on those shows, so I know this for a fact. In summary, yeah. in summary, uh, you could say the the easiest way to put it is the the sync placement or sync licensing is an opportunity for artists to make some money and in many cases some very good money from placing their music separate from all the usual things of you know. People buying, uh, you know, buying music online, downloading it, uh, buying albums, whatever. Uh, it, it, it's a good way for artists to make some uh, some good money. Yeah, I, I mean, very good money. It's depressing to me that that the U.S. has not followed on suit with the. Um, it, I'm sure it comes down to lobby groups, right? So I'm sure the regional sure. organizations are much uh, stronger than these small music. Um, organizations that don't have a lot of pull at this point. I know a lot of artists, and, and I played with it at the beginning when it came to U.S. retail, is they look at it, well, if I look at it as just a promotional opportunity, then maybe that will, you know, maybe that works um, in, in my advantage because they'll hear my song and then eventually they'll go right. find it and download it or stream it or something like that. And so I you think can look is... at it that way. But it's very—that's a very challenging way to look at it, considering you're giving up 
quite a bit of revenue. I think this is very definitely a subject that we could do another show on, maybe get you and some other uh, people on both sides of the issue to come and discuss it, because for my money, this is a subject that definitely needs to be explored and soon. But how does an artist go about getting into sync placement circles? Well, it's, there isn't just one, right? There's, there's, you, you, can't, you can't work one angle if you really want to work sync, um, sync licensing. So as I mentioned, um, retail space in the, in the U.S., quite large, but there's also quite a bit of opportunity. So if you're looking for promotional opportunity, um, there are several sort of promotional agencies that will pitch your, your work uh, to the, the, these large retail outlets. Uh, one of them I can think of at the top of my head is called What's in Store, and they work with about 45 different retail outlets in the U.S. Now, none of these are going to pay you anything, um, but if you wanted to um, have your, you know, if it gets accepted, um, your work on, on retail radio throughout the U.S., it's a great way to get started. Kim, let me yeah. jump in for just a second because you you just you, you I was going to circle back to the the Dunkin' Donut radio and the Walmart radio and all that, and you just kind of did it for me. Uh, but one thing that has not been mentioned is uh, how does this sync licensing would it be effective for like um, a major sporting event, like a, a, a National Football League game or a Major League Baseball game, where between plays they'll play a snippet of a song just to entertain the audience, whatever it is that they're doing. Now, does the artist get paid royalties for that, or it, would that be something that would be perfect for, uh, for, for syncing this music? Well, the answer is it depends. And the reason I say it depends is because some of the sporting events actually do what they're supposed to do, and that is report all the music they play to the respective pros, and then, yes, you do get, get paid. I would tell you that a lot of them do not, so artists aren't getting paid in the U.S. Um, I think they are much stricter in Europe, and artists are getting their, you know, their, their piece of the pie of when it's sure. played. Now, if it's televised, however, it's a totally different game. So let's say that Fox has uh, an NFL kickoff game. Any kind of music that they're playing as a buffer before or during or after, that all shows up in your pro statement. So that is paid. So televised is always going to show up on somebody's you know, statement. We just had a great example of that in the uh, lead-up to the Super Bowl Sunday. One of the segments that they did was an interview with Andy Reid, the uh, Kansas City coach. And in that, they touched upon, uh, you know, the obvious relationship with uh, T. Swift being involved in everything that the Kansas City does. Mm -hmm. And Andy Reid commented that he wasn't really a super T. Swift fan but he, he, leaned more, he leaned more towards the Oak Ridge Boys. And uh, we got, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds of Elvira playing at that point. So that, that, well, that's going to be a paid gig, so to speak. A royalty check would go to the Oak Ridge right. Boys 
for right. for that for that snippet. Right. But if Correct. it's between if it's a commercial break, you know, okay, the second inning is over. They go to commercial break, and they're playing music, but it's not being televised. Are you saying then that the artist is screwed on that one? Most likely, yes. It depends how um, if they're actually recording it, and you know, because all of this is done via cue sheet, and most sporting events are not doing what they're supposed to do, which is to send up their cue sheet, saying, this is what I played, and this is how long I played it. They typically don't. Others will go ahead and say, okay, let's go ahead and license for our game these, you know, 70 songs, and we're going to license right. them for the season. And then they will, then, then you will see that in, like, a music report kind of thing. Um, or if you have something that is picked up by Peloton, for example, Peloton... Mm-hmm license all of that and then you 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 either get a check from peloton or it will show up uh or the pros will collect it depending on on how you have it set up well kim we have less than a minute left and i want (laughs) if you would please in the remaining time give a tip to emerging artists on how they can get started safely looking into sync placement i would say uh two things one is i would I would really leverage IMDb to look at upcoming TV shows and films that are on the way. And I would also look at um, Advertising Week online to look at the various ad agencies that are out there, they're pitching, they're putting things, start developing relationships with the music supervisors within TV shows and within films and within the ad agencies themselves, their music department. Kim, could we maybe get you to come back in a future date and we could explore this a little bit deeper even? Of course. Of course. I would love it. Thank you so much for sharing with us, not only sharing your time and your music, but also your insight into this very important part of the music business. Ladies and gentlemen, Kim Cameron, and here she is with My Shadow.
Cameron, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the David Bowers Awards with Derek Beattie Spears and my shadow, John Bon Jovial. What a talent and what an amazing story. I mean, the success she is having with sync placements and to be able to share that information with other up and coming artists. Uh, quite a quite a story. Now, it's one of the great things that we've always done here with Rockstar 101 is to get the insight uh, of our various and sundry gra- uh, guests. And, of course, uh, this time it was Kim's turn. Uh, I was very, uh, very impressed, especially with uh, the uh, the first song that she, that she did. Uh, one of the things that I think I may have failed to mention in the interview was the fact that uh, it, it has such a spirit of, dan- of a dance club vibe from yeah. uh, that you might have picked up from the seventies, you know, without that annoying <laughs> disco <laughs> beat to it, but still very danceable. And absolutely, so yeah. the, the, the adaptations that she has uh, made over the years, pretty cool. I am still just excited by her work in sync placement and her being willing and able to share that with us. And of course, with the many emerging artists that we have in our audience, it's uh, invaluable advice for them. And I thank her so much for sharing with us. I also think it's always really nice when they impart their wisdom like that. It really is. It is. It is. And there's, you, you can tell the, the good ones because they will share the wisdom. And uh, as I started to say, I'm, Excited by our next guest, and I think you will be too, once you hear their music. They have a very original name, almost. (laughs) They go by the name of (laughs) Funky Bluster. Dustin from Funky Bluster will be talking to us right after Expensive and Dirty.
aggressive and dirty. They call themselves Funky Blooster, and here's the funky man himself. Dustin, come on in here. Say hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going great. So glad you could join us today. Now, I know that everybody in the audience has an idea how that name of your group came up, but uh, is there a story behind that? Yeah, there is a little story. Uh, you know, Funky Blooster, it's it's something that uh, is kind of catchy and memorable, and uh, when we started this band, uh, maybe about 13 years ago, uh, my bass player's daughter was maybe six or seven years old, and she stumbled on some uh, Punky, Punky Brewster reruns. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see how it morphed into Funky Brewster uh, from the mind of a six-year-old. So, so we have we have the, uh, the the distinction of having a six-year-old name our band. So that's pretty fantastic. Cool. And who says uh, that we'll there's no a, uh, who, who says there's no family values in rock and roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a family affair for sure. We, you know, we couldn't do it without the support of our families. You know, so oh, so it's definitely, uh, it's always important to have your family support behind you. Now, while we're talking about stories, somewhere here behind the title of that tune we just listened to, "Expensive and Dirty," is there a story there as well? There is a there's a bit of a story with uh, with that title. I went to, uh, to uh, Paris last summer. And uh, a little family vacation, and um, you know we saw the sights and everything, and and unfortunately it was like at the the, the peak of the sanitation strike, I think. Ouch. So uh, you know there was some, some you know an, an exceptional amount of uh, garbage around, and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of you know it was a little bit of an eyesore, to, you know. But anyway, we got back home, and everybody was asking, hey, how was the trip to France? How was blah blah blah? And I shouted out, hey, it was expensive, and it was dirty. <laughs> And I immediately said, oh, 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 okay, hey, that's a song. That is a song. Absolutely. So expensive and dirty is kind of a love letter to Paris. It's kind of like our L.A. woman, I guess, you know, but uh, it's good memories of the trip. So. Absolutely. I love it. And there you go, guys. It wasn't what you were expecting. Or you, John Bon Jovi. Was that what you were expecting? No, not really. But I love the obscure <laughs> reference to L.A. Woman. That's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm a huge doors guy. Huge doors. Oh guy. yeah. Well, how how can you not be? Dustin, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you with us. And I tell you what, I love your kick-ass rock and roll, man. That is some really, well, thank you. Thank you, really sir. fine stuff. It 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 is. Who's shredding the guitar? Okay, so that's me playing guitar, and uh, I'm singing on well, that track. Done. And uh, my bass player is Russ Boyer. And uh, our drummer's Joel Garrison, and uh, Russ and I have been friends since 1989. <laughs> so we we met in middle school, and oh, uh, wow. you know, all these years later, we were able to actually have a real band. So <laughs> it grew out of the garage, you know, from being teenagers. Sure, you know, sometimes childhood dreams do come true. While we're spotlighting the guys in the band, tell us about the rest of them. Uh, like I said, we uh, we've been friends probably since 1989. Uh, he's a he plays bass in the band. Um, you know he's played in several different groups coming up over the years. Uh, he does uh, background vocals as well in the group. And uh, Joel Garrison's been with us about six years now. And um, he uh, comes uh, a little younger than us, but it comes from the same mindset of um, of, of music, the, the approach that we take uh, as musicians, and you know kind of like letting the song lead us to where it wants to go and, and taking that real improvisational approach to um, to performing, you know, in the spirit of, of the Almond Brothers or the Dead a little bit, you know, and um, without turning into a, a train wreck. You know, we, we try to keep it on track, but we let the music 
kind of explore itself, uh, kind of a, a real like a jazz musician mentality when we when we're playing. Kind of the same you know, theme I'm, we I'm, use on the show here. We kind of let the yeah. con- we don't go by scripted talk. We go by wherever the conversation takes us. I've always felt that one of the hardest working members of any good rock and roll band is going to be the bass player because they always they're the glue that keeps it together. I mean, yeah, you can play sure. a, a vicious lead guitar and and that drummer is working his butt off, but that bass player, man, he is working. He's working Absolutely. hard. Oh yeah, he uh, Russ, he's in, the, in definitely from the school of uh, the Jack Bruce style of playing, you know, from Cream and. Uh, the uh, late great Alan Woody from Government Mule, he's definitely in that. Uh, that is just awesome because that was going to be one of the observations. That's going to be one of the observations that I was going to make. Uh, what kind oh, okay. of a bass is he playing? That that particular track uh, that you just heard, I believe he's playing a Japanese. Uh, it's a Fender Japanese Aerodyne bass, so it's a medium scale okay. active electronic bass. It's got a, a P bass pickup and a jazz bass pickup, so it's a. Uh, He's a fan of the medium scale instruments, and uh, he's got some killer stuff. He's got a couple of Mike, Mike Lowell custom shops, uh, bases out of uh, the guys out of Seattle, Mike Lowell, and um, just killer, killer bases. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to hearing more of what you guys have to offer because uh, the music that you're playing is, uh, you know, music to my heart. If you will, I I grew oh, up uh, as a as a teenager in the '60s, and you know, listening to uh, the Fugs and Blue Cheer, and of course the Doors and Can't yeah. Heat, and 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 while I do I play guitar not well, uh, but I've always been uh, just a real I've had a real affection for the bass player for many many years, and so I yeah. always pay a lot of attention to that. Absolutely, that makes or breaks a band for sure. We're a trio, and and you know. And, you know, we take that, you know, cream approach where it's like everybody's a lead instrument, <laughs> you know, lead drums, well, lead bass, and lead guitar, you know. They're all important, too, because, I mean, the, the exactly. lead guitar speaks for itself, but your drummer, he's the one that keeps the beat, keeps it going in the right direction at the Absolutely. right time. As John said, the bass players sort of pulls it all together, and uh, you guys definitely have it all together. So what are you what are you guys up to right now? Are you touring? Are you looking for some uh, some gigs during the summer, or what's going on? Uh, we've got some uh, some stuff lined up here for the next the next few months. We just we played three shows this weekend, and uh, and I'm sick on top of that. So that was that was oh, a, a challenge. So uh, we've uh, you know our tour tour dates are all up on our website, which is funkybluster.com, and uh, we've got you know Facebook and Instagram and all that. Uh, right now we're just kind of pushing the new the new CD we, that came out two weeks ago, and um, you know we're just trying to get that out and get people to uh, to check it out, and because you know it's it's kind of like how we you know when we describe the band we're like you know it's it's rock and roll, you know you you may not have ever heard of us before but when you hear this music you're gonna like it it's just it sounds like rock and roll people have seemed to you know respond well to that they they resonate with it and it's like you said like when you know when you guys were you know, going to clubs and stuff you go in and, and hear the music and you stay because it was good you know you maybe you've never heard the band before but that's what we're trying to do is you know uh, get people to stay and, and say look you know you may not know these songs but we got something for you that you're really going to enjoy if you get simple truth so. yeah Exactly. Uh, I was just—I was just going to say, you know, we—we kind of—we created our own little genre description to kind of classify our music. We just—we call it quality rock and roll. So it's like, like it. if you turn the radio on in 1970 or 1971, you're going to hear very similar music to what you know what we play. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Now, are you guys staying strictly in the southeast? Are you moving around the country, or where are you at there? Um, we're still kind of uh, – we all have day jobs, so we're kind of, you know, tethered by those. So our, our touring is limited to, you know uh, – uh, you know, a few hours beyond home base. So, um, right. you know, we're, we're kind of limited to the southeast right now, but, you know, that's not to say we can't get some time off work and, you know, shoot over and do a couple of days, a couple of states over or something like that. But Well, if you um, do that, this is sure a, let us know. Among other things, we have uh, one page which actually started on Facebook, and it's become kind of an anchor page, so we've left it there. The David Bowers Awards Groups page is there, so you can post okay. up your play dates new music, rumors, anything you want to share about your music and bands. Gotcha. All right. You can post it up there. You don't have to send me a press release or anything. Okay. Post it directly there, Excellent. and we'll pick up on it, and we'll spread it around like like a disease. I mean, oh, go viral. Perfect. So well, thank that you so in much. We appreciate David Bowers Awards groups page on Facebook. Okay. Gotcha. That's what it's there for, so don't hesitate to jump on it. And you already took away our closing question by telling us how you can oh. be found online, but we'll touch base on that. We'd like to give our guests a chance to tell the listeners how they can find them. What's in the future? Now, you just got a new album. What's the title of the album? Uh, this The title is Expensive and Dirty, so that's the uh, that's the, the lead track off of that album, so we just decided to go ahead and call it that because it's just it, it sounds cool. You know, it's like a Makes weird sense. juxtaposition of, of adjectives. So we're like, let's go with that. Exactly. And a little bit of a tease, too, because the listener doesn't yeah. really know what you're talking about. So it's uh, definitely exactly. a hook there. I love it. It's all out on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music. These are all that, all that uh, wherever you can find streaming, you know, it's on there. That one and the, and the our debut, which was Quality Rock and Roll, which came out last year, uh, is also available on all those services. Right. Now, what's long range? What do you got? You're working on another album or... You got any secrets yeah, you want to share? Um, yeah, I can give you a little scoop here. We're shooting for November for uh, the next release. We've been very fortunate over the last probably three and a half years to have a weekly residency. And uh, we were able to write a lot of songs over those uh, three years. So we've got probably over 40 songs in the can uh, ready to record. So we've probably got the next three albums already mapped out with the trajectory awesome. you know, probably taking us into 2025 for sure um so it's uh it's a fun it's you know it's a labor of love it's it's something that we've you know we enjoy doing and you know as long as people uh, will, will bring us into play we'll do it well i'll tell you with what you're putting out i don't think that's going to be a problem i think well one of our sayings has always been on the show here if the music is good it'll find an audience I don't think you're going to have trouble getting the people out on the stuff you're doing. No, ah, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank and be sure so to keep in touch now, because once you're on the show, yeah. you're part of our family. And uh, oh, you know, right we're, on. Okay. We're we're like the nosy family. You know, we got to know what's going on. Yeah. And uh, well, just don't tell us any secrets because we can't keep secrets. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> Speaking of, of family, I think are you guys going to play another track from us? Absolutely, yes. We're going okay, to, so uh, that, I'll give you a little behind the scenes on this this next track. Um, my wife and I have back to back birth, and we've okay. been married uh, twenty twenty years. So we have a competition every year, you know, to see who can outdo each other. Okay. Uh, on the birthday gifts, I definitely won this last birthday because that song is about the day that I met my wife. <laughs> so oh, wow. I surprised her with that for her birthday, and I'm like, I'm golden for a couple of years. I've won the contest. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that is awesome. No, I she definitely she want to hear that. I hey, as long as that, as long as that birthday hear. present isn't expensive and dirty, you know. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. That's a good but, uh, yeah, this one. Uh, yes, that. Uh, you know, she uh, was very uh, pleased with that with that gift. So I'm not at all surprised. And we're going to hear that in just a minute. Now's the time. Tell the folks how they can find you again, and most importantly, how they can get your music. Yeah, so it's funkybluster.com, just like it sounds, and. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, all of our touring dates are on on the website, and on we keep the Facebook page updated. Um, we pretty, I think, we're the only funky blooster on Facebook at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised. And, uh, it's just <laughs> uh, so you uh, you know in, any of those social media sites will will link you back to our website with our with our tour dates and. Uh, um, all the links for, um, like our link tree, are on the website where you can select your streaming service, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple, right. Apple Music, Amazon. It's, it's all available uh, directly from the website. Uh, there's a link for the link tree mm-hmm. to um, get all those. But but if you Google you know or put Funky Blooster into whatever your streaming service is, it'll come up. Dustin, want to thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. All the very best to you and all the guys in the band and your families, your lovely wife as well. And, again, thank you so much. Keep in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. And maybe we can get some of the new tunes when the next album comes out. Absolutely. We'd love to come back and talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Funky Blooster is the name, and here they are. Here's the birthday song, Tell Me. I'm 
From their album, Expensive and Dirty, that's Funky Blooster, Tell Me, and that tells me there's a touch of Rolling Stones in their music, too. I can, It just sort of came through on that song, don't you think, John Bon Jovial? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. They did come through uh, loud and clear, and it's a nice way that they've adapted that particular style yeah, to absolutely. get the birthday message across. I think that's pretty neat that he wrote that for his wife. My hat's off to him. And I love the chord change there at the end. That was a total surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely weren't looking for that. Uh, we have just had a ball here today. Some great music, some great information. We thank our guest, Kim Cameron, for the music and the Rockstar 101 tips. And, of course, Dustin from Funky Blooster. Great show, John Bon Jovi. All I can say is take us home. Yeah, I think it's time to vamoose. You've done it again, folks. You spent another perfectly good hour with us this week here at the David Bowers Awards. And as always, we really are quite grateful for your attendance. And I mean that with all my heart. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from our studios in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and of course from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. And we're available for free on most of the major streaming services. Be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFZFM 106.3 on your FM radio dial in Rochester, New York, otherwise known as Rochester Free Radio. And if you're not within the sound of their signal, then you can always pick them up on the interwebs at rochesterfreeradio.com. And that's every Saturday at noon Eastern. And then, of course, the next day, Sunday, on Blog Talk Radio at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 7 p.m. UTC. 
So until next week, for the David Bowers and all the other crew of rejects, morons, and uh, destitute uh, desperados, this is yours truly, the lovably legendary John Bon Jovial saying, we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.